detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. Uh, a little something different this time. Jared and I are here to look at the Scream franchise and rate it um, from best to worst. But we've also got a special guest. It took us a while to set this up and then another fucking 45 minutes to actually get in touch with him. But we've got one half of the Nostalgia Be Damn podcast team here. Brandon, how you going, mate? Hey, good to have you. Me here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, Jeez. good, mate. It's good to have you here. Someone with a bit of sense. After 200 episodes, we finally got someone with a little bit of sense. On. I don't know about that, but I'm glad to be here. Excellent, mate. Well, it's good to, it's good to have you here. So basically we're going to do very similar to what we did with um, Halloween, which was a while back now, but we essentially ran through the, the franchise um, and gave it our, our thoughts from best to worst. Uh, we're also going to cover off on some of our favourite parts, like favourite kill, favourite character, and least favourite. So mm-hmm. we're just going to dive straight into it here. The first thing I wanted to ask with regards to everyone here was what's their history with this franchise? And you know, from my point of view, I was a big slasher fan in the 80s, and when this movie came out in 1996... It was great to have a... Uh, yeah, I personally feel it's the best slasher movie of all time, bar Halloween. And mm-hmm. I had a fantastic experience in the cinema with it. It was it was a full house and everybody was into it. And it, it was it really gave put it up another notch for me. And as far as the franchise is concerned, obviously I saw all four in the cinema. Varying degrees of quality, or we'll get to that. But yeah, I just wanted to get a sense of what your take on the franchise was, Brandon. For you, personally. Uh, yeah, this is a movie. This is a movie that came out when I was f- only five years old. I was born <laughs> early '90s, and this was the one that I watched the most after Halloween. And when those are the two that you watch the most, you kind of get spoiled into thinking all slasher movies are of that quality. And then you get into some of the deeper dive stuff, which I did, you know, later on in my life, back to the '80s and all that stuff. And I gotta say, Scream genuinely maybe in my top 10 films of all time like it is one of my most watched movies by far and i would agree with you next to halloween it's the best slasher which is funny to say because it satirizes the genre so much yeah but overall i'd say this is you know right in my wheelhouse one of those meta movies that this this franchise it's interesting because it's covered decades at this point and if you look at slasher franchises in general I'd say quality, all four films, even the worst of them, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, for quality slasher series out there. Mm. No idea. But it's interesting to see how it's evolved over the decades from the 90s to the, to the early 2000s, and then with that new one in 2011, how, how different that kind of felt, at least for me, and we'll get into our feelings obviously in a bit, but sure. overall as a franchise, one of my favorites. Excellent. Jared, similar thoughts on Yeah, that? I think it was, uh, was it Boxing Day where you suggested we'd go and see it? You'd already seen I'd it. I'd already seen it, yeah. And I was probably thinking I'll just humour the silly prick. <laughs> I went along with it and, yeah, it was just, probably wouldn't be a stretch to call it a life changer. Like, it just, I was just gripped the whole time in the cinema and then, of course, from that point on, you just delve deeper and deeper into the into the horror and as Brandon said you get spoiled if you see this first but it also kind of challenged other other horror movies to get better like you couldn't just roll out the same old silly things anymore so yeah I was just I was 
just absolutely wrapped up in the series. Like Scream Two posters on the wall, school books covered in slasher movie things. Yeah. Not surprisingly, the girls weren't interested. The <laughs> 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 girlfriend have you seen? <laughs> but you know what? It was also that period too where the excitement level for the sequel was was really high. Like yeah. I remember thinking, holy shit, you know, if this is anywhere near as good as the first one, it's going to be an absolute winner. So, you know, I mean, obviously we've come a long way with films and everything these days, and I don't get as excited to go to the cinema anymore. But at yeah. that time, because I'd had such a great experience with it, and it was slasher movies were back, because I think I know what you did last summer, mm. came out not long after that. Yep. So I was oh, in yeah. the cinema every every you know couple of months and there was a slasher film I thought fuck yeah we're back to the absolute back to the 80s almost yeah and so when two when part two came out I was just absolutely in lather I couldn't <laughs> wait to get to see part two so it, I guess it, it, it for me it sort of created that excitement for a horror film that I hadn't had in probably forever I don't reckon I don't reckon I'd ever felt that way about a horror film and it's and a subsequent sequel hmm it was one of the first times, too, I think a script leak really changed the outcome of a movie. I remember reading a bunch around that time because this is when the Internet's getting into its, you know, asshole days of people trying to ruin <laughs> things for everyone. And, uh, yeah, I remember that script leak got out and it, it forced them to change or rewrite in production. And I think that kind of started everyone the secrecy around all these projects. And, and you're right, to that extent, I couldn't remember the last time anyone was that excited for a horror movie because at this point in time, you're getting, you know, Halloween Curse of Michael Myers and, and <laughs> Jason Part. Well, this must have been Jason Goes to Hell Time a little oh, after that. Yeah. So. Actually, that was, a, yeah, well, 93, wasn't it? Some Early the, 90s, oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. Some of the shit that we'd gone through, I guess, prior, <laughs> it made it easy to, to satirize it. The slasher film, mm. because yeah. at that stage we were in hell, literally, literally. <laughs> we were actually in hell with slasher films. So it was, for me, it was kind of like that feeling of, wow, they actually got one of them right, like beyond mm. right. It was just, it was really, really, really well made, and I think that that's that's hard to, hard to sort of come to these days because there's so much out there it's all on streaming you know it's you don't go to the cinema to see a slasher film that often like I felt a little bit the same with Halloween last year yeah this new one yeah yep, yep. I thought they did an absolutely fantastic job with that and I was really excited for it and I'm kind of really excited for Halloween Kills which is coming yes. up so it's a little bit the same but I felt Scream was kind of like because it was at the top of its game and it was the best slasher movie I'd seen in a long time it's possibly not going to get replicated. Like yeah. I'm not going to feel that way again. Halloween's definitely the biggest buzz I've had for a for a sequel in a long time. So yeah, yeah. And, and touching on what you said earlier about how horror movies couldn't really stoop to their you know same old tricks again after Scream got released, it seemed like the last time I felt that was maybe I remember leaving Cabin in the Woods and thinking, oh well, they can't go back to those old tricks. And yeah. I think it was a month later the Evil Dead remake came out. I'm like, oh well, no, no shit. I guess I can. <laughs> I'm still into it. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, and look, let's just quickly. I'll I'll run quickly through some box office on the the box office numbers on this this franchise. Basically, the series in in total has made six hundred and four million worldwide, against a budget total of about a hundred and twenty. So pretty good bang for mm -hmm. your buck. Uh, both three and four cost forty million dollars, which is strange to think that the first two cost so much less, 
and made yeah. so much more. <laughs> yeah. um, it's you know kind of an indication of the qualities. The, the, the first film topped it with um, 171 worldwide, and the fourth is the lowest grossing with 97. So again, wow, just that little that kind of fall off. I guess it's inevitable, but I think we'll get to the fact that the quality does fall. Just a bit of cast and crew, because all four films are basically made by the same people. Mm. Uh, they're all directed by Wes Craven. They're all written by Kevin Williamson, except number three, which is written by a guy by the name of Aaron Kruger. And I actually read something today saying that he was actually brought back into part four. Oh, When okay. Kevin Williamson got the shits with Miramax, they brought him back to polish it up. So, I mean, Wes Craven says that there wasn't that much done to it, but... I think people at Miramax should have watched Screen 3 before making that movie. Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> yeah. mate, that was 11 years later. They had forgotten all about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Kruger's <laughs> also responsible for uh, past gem reindeer games, if I remember yes. correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a couple of Transformers pictures, so his, Ooh, his resume yeah. stinks. That guy, <laughs> the guy hates movies, clearly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, and they all star Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. All right, let's get to the ratings now, okay? Starting at the bottom, Brandon, if you want to go first, what is your least favourite of the series and why? Uh, so three and four I, I wrestle with constantly. I, and I, I honestly, for the longest time, would have told you, had, had you asked me this when we first talked about doing this years ago or whatever, I would have said Scream 3 was the worst. I got to say, after rewatching 4... I think I might I might put that a little bit below screen three. Ooh. I think four is a little worse. And yeah, I know I know. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for saying that, but I feel like the fourth one, other than a few key scenes, is completely undone by its finale. I feel like the characters, other than Hayden Penetier, are just loathsome for the most part, or none of them have the the character or the you know the the energy that the, these characters in the first two especially brought. The third characters aren't much better, uh, but I feel like the third one at least was a natural extension of where they wanted to go with the story. You know, you have the first one set in high school, second one set in college, and then the third one because I guess it's set so steep in Hollywood and movie making it kind of makes sense for them to go this way but for the fourth one they really are just stuck with the reboot they're trying to remake and so it's really just feels so reminiscent of that first one but not nearly as good for me mm. but I'm, I'm interested to see kind of your highs and lows of that of that one specifically because at least the third one the third one feels like a screen movie dis despite all the bullshit logic and terrible <laughs> applauding of that movie I think the characters at least feel the same and in the fourth one they don't get as much to do, and we're saddled with these other teenagers that I just don't really like. Yeah, look, I had the same problem that you had. I wrestled hard with this because I would have told you exactly the same. I actually watched four again this morning. Same. And the reason being is because I was like, is four the worst? Is four actually the worst? Because I remember seeing it in the cinema and just going, fuck this. This <laughs> sucks. And just, I was absolutely ropeable after I walked out of four. Yes. And I don't know why, because I'll I see just the next thought, the whole way. it's the fourth film in a franchise. It was already on the down. I was copying all the... Right. Uh, oh, I was blowing up. Through you, just, uh, <laughs> but but uh, after watching four, 
I, I think they kind of, look, it's not good. <laughs> Four's not good either. <laughs> but I think they kind of got a bit back on a better stable ground by going back to the college kids away from Hollywood because yep. I actually found the opposite with the Hollywood one. I, I felt with all the, you know, working with all these actors and, you know, this stab four or whatever it was, stab three, it just, it didn't work. It, it felt like too removed from the other two films because they were both set obviously mm-hmm. in college, in high school and college. And three, the machinations around who did it and <laughs> the fact that they're all connected <laughs> to this Robert Bridger character... I was just like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> and that voice modulator that mimics everybody's <laughs> Where can I get one of those? That Star Trek device, yeah, that is completely unbelievable. Because that is actually a plot, div- that is actually a major plot point. Mm. If you don't have that, you lose certain parts of the, the, the plot. And yeah. to have a, a major plot point with something that... I'm assuming doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm assuming it doesn't exist in reality. It was just ridiculous. And I just... I mean, you know, Patrick Dempsey seems to be there for no reason. Detective Red Herring. Yeah, and I read uh. something saying that they'd actually hadn't even bothered to wrap up the bloke's story initially. <laughs> and they, the producer said, oh, shit, we're going to bring you back and wrap it up because we don't know what's going on. So... I just felt three was was so far away. It nothing really worked, and for me personally, looking back at three, because they they roll out, they trot out those those the rules, and one of them is anybody can die, and it's like no, they can't. You, you know that you're not going <laughs> to kill the key yeah. people, but I would have if it was me. The opening kill would have been Dewey, uh, Dewey and Gale dying, and that brings Sydney mm. out of hiding. But I think they might have been caught because Nev Campbell wasn't in it as much as she... Like, she basically said, I'm only going to do a certain amount. And so that hurt, mm. the, hurt the script, I think. But, yeah, I'm not a, not a fan of three at all. Mm. Jared? Yeah. I watched uh, part four again this morning as well. <laughs> and It's been a rough morning. That's what I, <laughs> I, I think it's because for so long I've laid the boot into Scream 4 and just remember that terrible cinema experience of watching it. But I watched it this morning and I was like, wow, this is nowhere near as bad as 3. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, just this time around when I watched it, I was like, yeah, there's, there's things I, I still really can't go for in it. But 3 is just... Like, some of the things that happen, it's like Aaron Kruger hadn't watched the other movies in the series like the house getting blown up who comes to a slasher movie and watch someone get disintegrated in a fucking house that blows up and and the part where, where Sydney gets the, the killer gets Sydney to pat herself down with a with a metal detector like what are we doing here <laughs> um, and then you, you know, as you said you chuck that on top of the worst killer reveal in the series yeah it's just really and at one point isn't he found um, dead I checked his pulse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she checked his pulse. Checked his right. pulse. There's one shot of like a dummy's head getting sawed off yeah. later on, where Gail I think falls into it, and I'm convinced maybe that's supposed to be his prop body, but I have no idea. That's <laughs> the most thinking, realistic fake body. In the I was thinking of the exact same thing. I thought, did she just bump into that body that she found before? Because she looks at it really. It's like she stares at it, and it's like, yeah, nothing. Like. Oh, yeah. But I just want to know, what, how did you check his pulse? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, were you doing it correctly? 
he was doing that. Uh, he took that medication, I guess, that Jigsaw had taken to yeah, slow his heart rate right there and then <laughs> lay in the middle of that floor for a couple hours. Yeah, also three, that whole whoever smells the gas scene oh, <laughs> exploding. Oh, yeah. There's so many things that has to go right for that kill to even work. The guy has to yeah. walk back in like an asshole and then try to find a lighter. He must have stashed a lighter to do this. No one the whole time has been like, do you smell gas? Uh, I can I tell know. you, if it was like, if it was like uh, our current situation this morning, the fax machine wouldn't have even worked. The kids would have been there going, oh, fucking hell, let's yeah, avoid another brand of fax machine. Like, who smells the gas, mate, in this room? <laughs> for a bad curry. Just fuck. ridiculous. <laughs> Everyone smelt the gas. <laughs> but, um, the, uh, you know, the other thing is, I've never felt um, Patrick Warburton was sort of unwelcome in a movie. Yeah, until I watched oh, it yeah. again, I'm like, even <laughs> he sticks out like a sore thumb. It's just uh, nothing about it, really. I think the only thing I enjoyed was Parker Posey and her doing a take on Gail Weathers yeah. throughout it, like having the two Gales going back and forth at each other. I did sort of like that. And there was a couple, yeah. of, p- couple of scenes, like when Sydney goes back into the recreation of her house and they sort mm-hmm. of recreate the scene of being yeah. chased up the stairs, but then it leads to nothing. A um, <laughs> couple of things were all right, but just Ghostface didn't feel like Ghostface. The voice changer was ridiculous. The killer was ridiculous. <sighs> so, yeah, I think that's got to be mine. Yeah, yeah. The go- doesn't Ghostface have like a dead relative's voice on his on there yeah, at some point? Yeah. Does the he mom. have Sydney's mother's He's voice or some mother. insanity like that? <laughs> and then we keep having those scenes of the ghostly mother at the window oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that one's that's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Again, it's effectively shot. Like, Wes Craven in all these movies, he's a good director, and he can even turn some of this shit into at least watchable. But, but, yeah. yeah. At least Craven, Uh, even at his worst, is is a a competent director. Like, he's not going to cop this stuff up. But you can tell it's not as well directed as the first two. The first two, you know, he actually gets mileage out of atmosphere, and some of the scares really work. And the ghost face voice on the phone in the first two, is really creepy. Yeah. In yeah. the others, it's just done because because it used to, it was in the first two films. That's all. It's like uh, one of those Mission Impossible scenes, but with a voice instead of the mask, like where they, Mission Impossible, where they keep removing masks, and it's, is it that yeah. person, is it, but it's with a voice. Like, yeah. you don't know, it was just, yeah, silly. I didn't like and it. And I'm wondering how he's keeping that thing in front of, in the in his mask, bef- in front of his mouth, it must be, because yeah. there's times he's talking out loud with and that then thing it going. Changes. There's parts yeah. where he actually, yeah, the, the voice changes mid-conversation and he's not sitting there going, Sydney, it's me, mummy. No, it's not, it's me, the killer. He's actually just standing there and the voice is changing. Like, oh, man. Crazy. Uh, look, three is my least favourite. Yeah. But I'll, I'll come to four because that's my that's my second least favourite. Sure. Four at, least, I... four at least had some of those ideas were, were okay. I like the idea of, okay, you go away for 11 years, you come back and remakes are in. And so they kind of mm-hmm. they, they kind of trade a little bit on the remakes. They go really close to making the ending. You know, they, they could have done something really cool with the ending. They don't quite get there, but I did like the idea of you know fifteen minutes of fame. You know, I, basically I'd kill for it, and and that's sure, kind yeah. of what people today yeah. are are into. Mm. Um, not maybe not necessarily killing for it specifically, but they will do anything. They they'll make up stories. They'll you know create fake lives. They'll you know, so it does kind of dovetail into that kind of nicely, but the lows of four, they are probably the lowest. <laughs> I mean, the whole fuck Bruce Willis. 
<laughs> See, I love him getting stabbed in the head. I'm like, holy shit, that came out of nowhere. And then him, yeah, then wandering around. And then also there's the other one that says, he says to the killer, I'm, I'm gay, if that if that means anything. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's just fucking and stupid. That- yeah, I like yeah. well, that's the thing about the last, the, the fourth one and the third one specifically, more so I think in the third one, is that the rules just don't make sense, and they give mm-hmm. almost no no examples to back anything up. Like, the first two, they yeah. explain, like, this this happens in this movie, and that's why that rule exists. But in the third one, it's just all bets are off, <laughs> pretty much, I guess, is their, their main rule. <laughs> Anyone can die, even you, Sid. And then this fourth one... You, the character doesn't die because he's gay. That's at one point said, and yeah. I can't think of many movies that follow that logic. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't know where they're pulling from. Well, yeah, the, the first one had a succinct set of rules that made sense. Like you know, yeah. the whole idea is, yeah, if I, I'll be right back, you know, you won't come back, all that sort of stuff. And and they kept them yeah. very simplified into what slasher movies were, and it kind of skewed the slasher movie really well. It took the what you would get in a slasher film and just tweaked it enough to give you something new. Mm. Two took it in the same direction. I still felt that two, some of those rules didn't necessarily, because they say, yeah, it's bigger and gorier and that, and I was like, well, not really. <laughs> but they still were in that ballpark. They were still in the same yeah. sort of ballpark as the first one. Simple rules that we could understand. But three and four just got fucking lost in this, really ridiculous kind of trying to satirise slasher movies even deeper. And I guess you probably can... You had to mine a bit deeper to, mm-hmm. to, to change, the, you know, what you were going to do. But it didn't work. So in a way, no. the first two films would have capped the series entirely, really. If you look at it, that could have been the way to, to finish it. But they just yeah. couldn't help themselves. And money... You know, when you make movies for what well, the first one was made for fourteen million dollars and it makes two hundred million, you're mm-hmm. obviously going to go ahead and make more. So, so I disagree in the sense that I'd be happy to watch a screen movie every year if they wanted to make. I like, yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't. That's the thing. Yeah, me too. I love the character of Ghostface too much. Are you serious? I don't whip down Scream Five in 2012. I was there after pissing and moaning about four. See, that's the thing. We say, oh, they could have left it after one and two, but. I don't want him to. I want him to keep on churning this shit out. <laughs> I guess um, Kevin Williamson, I think, with three, he didn't really provide a lot. I think he provided, like, a treatment, mm. and I believe it, a lot of it was different to what they ended oh, up I getting. I so. And then yep. they, they, he, he wasn't available to provide the script, so they went to someone else, and yeah. I think they might have jettisoned a hell of a lot of it, the treatment. So, in a way... But then that doesn't really explain much of how he... He came back for four, and it's still pretty, pretty average, you know. Yeah. Well, so my biggest, I guess, <laughs> qualm about this whole movie, the last act, like I like where it leads. I like the scene with, you know, Kirby Hayden Panettiere, like trying to rattle off the remake titles. I love yeah. that whole bit. And then when she goes to untie Rory, Rory fucking Culkin, <laughs> when they when they do the reveal that it's these two, the most unlikely killers in I out of any of these movies by far, even the reveal in the third one where it's yeah, a fucking plastic mannequin or he somehow like held his pulse rate, I still think it's more believable than either of these two killing anyone in this movie because they're just yeah. like Emma Roberts spewing off this other stuff. Don't you get it? And she's yelling like a teenage. Oh my god. <laughs> 
I get. I love. I love. I can watch her throwing herself into mirrors and shit yeah, yeah, for yeah. days. <laughs> I love that old bit. That's you know great. What? I watched when I was watching that today, and I saw her do that. I was laughing my head off. But then I thought, this actually gets the commentary on celebrity and stuff a little bit right because she's you know yeah. she does that to herself and then Dewey says to her oh you're you're alive that's all that matters or whatever like talking about her 15 minutes of fame almost that I'm like yeah okay so they got a little bit of the commentary right in that one but as you said the characters were just loathsome like that that bell end with the friggin camera on his head the whole time <laughs> and at Rory um. That when he goes on and her, the Randy, her boyfriend too. he goes on the Randy, and I'm seeing I was, the whole time I was like, yeah, but we liked Randy. I don't <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. at all. And yeah, her no. boyfriend, what's his name? Trevor. Uh, Trevor. What a uh, jackass. Trevor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some absolute idiots in that in 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 four. In terms Kirby of and the old characters were really the only ones you liked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but also coming back to three, with regards to Randy, I felt they got that wrong. Yeah, that was. Bad. You didn't need him. He was already dead. Like you know, he was already dead, and he's allegedly shot this videotape. Yeah. That just happens. Well, Jimmy Kennedy needs to keep those lights on in his apartment, so he's calling up West for a yeah. favor. There. But he's, he had Malibu's Most Wanted coming up here, so yeah. And Son of the Mask, so he's got to get his royalties. Yeah, he's said, yeah, come on, West. Yeah, he said, he said a rough cut of Son of the Mask, and we oh, shit, I need another job. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't show up. I'm surprised he didn't show up on, like, a zip drive or something for the fourth one coming back. With. Actually, but. I would have copped that more, probably. <laughs> I probably would have caught that more. Yeah, just... than these two and their film class thing. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, you also nailed like the the fact that the rules just don't apply. I know you, Adam, said that even part two, you know, some of the rules don't hit, but they do say you know it's got to be bigger and gorier. Well, you think about something like Halloween two, mm. and that does make sense. But in this one, they were just yeah, they were just spouting nonsense. Like basically, they took this. Oh, remakes don't really play by any rules. And then just took that as a as a license to just make them up or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah to not give a shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and yeah, that that's that that rule doesn't make sense at all. I mean, you watch mm. any of the remakes of any of the slasher films from the eighties. You know, they've taken a certain yeah. tact and they've gone a certain way, and there are certain rules to how they do these things. Yeah, the only one that the only one that worked was um, Sydney at the end. Yeah, yeah. The first rule of remakes. Oh yeah, don't, you don't fuck, fuck with the original. original right? yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was that was okay. But yeah, if, three and four. It's a kind of a as we've said before, a dick in a vice or in a blender. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, yeah. it's, it's it's kind of take your pick, really. Yeah. Do I want Scott Foley yelling about his mom, or do I want Emma Roberts getting shocked in the head with those fuck like at the hospital thing, like clear? What's your last oh. words or some shit? It's like no, Please. don't do this. <laughs> I said to Adam this morning. I think the one thing Scream Four did right that probably nudged it ahead just a little bit ahead of screen three for me was I actually really like Dewey and Gail in that one for some reason. Like Gail is just peak, peak Gail when she tells that tells that deputy your lemon squares taste like ass and walks out and she's <laughs> oh, talking yeah. to the kid with the camera and tells him shut the fuck up or something like that. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, this is what I want from her. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of- Yeah, David Arquette's definitely the worst in number three oh, by, yeah. by far. But yeah, <laughs> like he... he I mean, he's not the best actor at the best of times, is he? And he, he kind of phones that one in. And to yeah. me, those two characters are actually the worst in three because they were put front and centre and they shouldn't have been. 
And in, in four, they step back a little bit because Sydney's back and you've got all the young characters, so they've got less time. Yeah, they're kind of just driving the the mystery part. Yeah, of and that kind of works. Whereas three, they became the key characters. And four also has a lot more gore, I think. A little better kills than three, because three is all the same, like, stabbed in the back or yeah. stabbed here. Like, it, very, very... I mean, the series never has been, you know, all about the kills and trying to make oh, them creative, blah but... Blah, yes. <laughs> blah, yeah, fuck. I'm really going to lie. I'm slippery to that. Lay over. All right, well, oh, look. Oh, my gosh. I, obviously, part... For me, part two is obviously second best. I look at part two a little bit like something like Halloween two, and not in terms of quality, because Scream two is is much better in terms of a film. But for the first hour, it is on par with the original. It is on par with I'd the original so, yeah. for me. Up to the death of Randy, it's really mu- very much on par with the first one. So it it feels like kind of like companion piece. You know, you could put them back to back, and you'd be yep. right there. My problems with it are the last, the second half. And that is, although the ending is like Debbie Sultan, what's his name? <laughs> what's the, Mickey, what's the, oh, Mickey, Mickey, right? Yeah. They're fucking way over the top <laughs> in the end. Uh, Gail and Dewey come become more to the fore again. And, and again, I'm not as big a fan of them. I think it's a personal thing. I'm just not a fan of their characters as much. And it's not very suspenseful. There's a scene in the car that I hate. I absolutely hate that sequence. It goes way oh, too yeah. long. It is. It should be short and sweet. You know, It should be about a minute where you're trying to get over the top of him and you think he's going to come alive. But it goes on for about three minutes or something. And it's like, oh, where's, you know, surely you knew better than this. Yeah. Um, but I must say I do like the ending. I think the ending actually mm-hmm. strangely makes sense. It didn't at the time. I remember thinking it was kind of shit. But looking at it again, it it actually makes some pretty pretty good sense. Hmm. So I do enjoy it. I just feel that you can see a couple of little little bits starting to creep in that ended up turning up in the later films, you know, the quality sort of sure. dipped. It's got a great opening sequence, I think, for sure. Yeah. I love the opening in the theater, yep. although I'd never want to watch a movie with these assholes. <laughs> so no. 70 people in screams costumes screaming during the middle of the yeah. movie. Like, sit down. <laughs> What's the body thing? <laughs> Come on. I can't hear a thing. Yeah. Yeah, the opening scene is awesome. I think the uh, the sequence with Cece, um, Sarah Michelle oh, yep, Gellar, yep. that is excellent. And there are a number of really good scenes. So that's why it, it feels very similar. And, and, you know, my saying it's like Halloween 2, when, we, when I watched Halloween, we watched Halloween 2 and did it for the podcast, It the first hour was, or the first 45 minutes, I, I loved it because it was like, it's like we're still part of the first film. And so yeah. this is the same thing for me. Hmm. You've got a bit, you're a bit higher on screen too than me though. Yeah, you? I, like I remember when I watched it, when I was younger and it was just Scream was just everything for me I was <laughs> even then I got the sense that the end kind of let it down but as I got older and watched a few more movies and sort of you know got to think about things a bit more I actually really love the ending like Debbie Salt I always had this problem with Debbie Salt but now I'm like she's the reverse Mrs. Voorhees like she's taking the, the thing from the original that they even reference in the original and then taking it to the sequel to, to put your twist on it and when I look at her in that scene she even talks a bit like Mrs. Voorhees she even says things about mummy and all this sort of thing Mickey at the time I was just like 
you know, finding some random bloke on the internet. Now, now the age that we live we live in, as Brandon said, the internet's gone full asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people have been you know, a fucking cesspool. Yeah, <laughs> stra- like strange people have found each other on yeah. the internet and done this shit. So it actually got better with time. The big thing for me is why is it why it's not as good as the original is like you said. There's that. There's just a couple of scenes that I look at and say I don't like as. You said the one in the car really disliked that. The two most incompetent policemen in the series, and that's saying something. Given Anthony Anderson, so I look at that and I say, yeah, I really didn't like that. Whereas with with the original, obviously, you know, there's no surprise which one's going to be on top. There's not a scene in there that I, I don't like. So it's uh, because the first one set such a high bar. That's why I put this one second but it's not it's not by much like it's actually gotten a lot better with time um, almost every time I watch it I find something more to appreciate a little bit although in that I agree. sequence that really good sequence I still don't like the whispering in the toilet stall. No. <laughs> if I hear someone whispering in the toilet stall, I'm not going, let me have a listen to this. I'm sitting there going, fuck, I'm going to finish up and get out of here. There's some yeah. weird yeah. <laughs> Also, there was fucking 500 people in that cinema. Now, now there's about 40 of them in the crapper, mate. <laughs> you're, not, you're not sitting there by yourself as somebody sits in the toilet whispering to themselves. So, yeah, but it is a good scene. I really do like that. And what say are you? Are you a fan of Scream Two, mate? I love Scream Two. Yeah, I think it's it's not quite up there with the first one. I think I agree with you that there are a few scenes like the uh, they they go a bit too far into this whole drama teacher thing with the whole play acting that the 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 whole Greek scene. I, I, it's fine. Like I really enjoy that. It seems like a natural progression from high school to college. It's a great setting for a slasher film, and so they set a lot of scenes there that make a lot of sense, and Mm. I do like that location. But I do think that, you know, the Jerry O'Connell scene singing in the cafeteria, the Top Gun, it's not that, like, these characters that they bring in for this one, even though they're smaller and in less doses, they're just so much more memorable than 3 and 4. Even, like, Timothy Oliphant, you get Jerry O'Connell, maybe because these actors went on to become bigger later on, but I just feel like... The characters are so much more likable. The in this cast one. is pretty. Yeah. Even the camera guy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. He's <laughs> yeah, the camera. The camera yeah, guy. Like, cool. it, Timothy Oliphant has a couple of really good moments. Like yeah. the bit where the, the he's sitting there with Jerry O'Connell and he starts to, you know, the Delta Lambdas are the biggest bunch of fucking. And then you hear the girls go, "Hey!" behind you. He's like, Ugh. like he, he actually gets a couple of really good moments. He yeah. goes a little bit over the top towards the end, but as you said, yeah, he's a great actor, and he, you know, they get they're just they're just. In general, a, a more more memorable and likable group of people. I could probably have done without Cotton Weary. Yeah, like he, he, oh, Cotton Weary. Cotton yeah. Weary's only in it for what, maybe two, three scenes. So he's only in yep. it for about five or ten minutes, and he sort of. I understand kind of why he's there. It's another red herring to throw into the mix. You know, he's now he's out of jail because he was he was exonerated. Yeah, but they make him unhinged in every single scene. Yeah. Every time he speaks to him, and there's that sequence in the library, he fucking grabs him by the arm. Yeah. That's what he do. <laughs> he's doing. Yeah, he looks some sort of freaking. He's doing everything like, oh, yeah. facial tics and yeah, like, like he's just. Yeah. Uh, you just got out of jail, mate. Keep it cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They want to see you. <laughs> so I could have done without Cotton, but I get why he was there. It was kind of like your red herring. And and in all these films you kinda of needed it. It's it's that sort of yeah, Agatha Christie style we set up five or six different possibilities and we let you try and work it out. And so he was there, but I just felt yeah, he wasn't in it enough to 
I mean, the moment you only see him once or twice, you're not going to go, yeah, he's definitely, he definitely did it, yeah. Yeah, I think they, they should have, because his character is really interesting, like a person who gets exonerated for a crime he didn't commit, and everyone hates him for it, and then he tries, I just dislike where they go, similar to where Mickey, and I guess Jill in the fourth one goes, where seeking the fame and seeking the adulation and making, but again, it makes sense for his story, because he just wants to be told, I think it would have benefited if maybe they showed a couple of scenes of him in his own life whatever he was doing maybe perpendicular to this whole story as it's going on to kind of tie him back in but i do like at the end where he does have that moment of you know if i kill this girl i might be able to get that fame i'm seeking yes but mickey and mickey's mickey's motivation does make sense i think the further we get from this movie it makes Mm. so much more sense as a person who wants to blame the movies blame the media for the violence and whatnot and I think his motivation works more because, unlike Jill, which is sad to say in our state of, you know, a society, but how many how many victims' names do you remember yeah. in these mass murders and stuff, these terrible tragedies? You always remember maybe sometimes the guy who did it or the villain. And so yeah, totally. Mickey's motivation always kind of made more sense to me than Jill's. But uh, I do think that Scream 2 kind of gets a little better with age. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Because the ending is like that, I think it definitely does. Because... If that ending was different, and you know, I'm thinking to myself, if you weren't gonna have, if you were gonna have Cotton, maybe he could have done it, and you could have had the whole riff, kind of making a murderer style riff. You know, he went into yeah. jail, it turned him into a, a bad guy, and he came out and he did it. But looking at Mickey and Debbie Salt together, and the whole idea of meeting on the internet and craving that, what they were after, it works, mm-hmm. and it actually works more and more today than it did. In what ninety eight? I think it was nineteen ninety eight when the second one was made. So, yeah, it's definitely got a hell of a lot going for it in that respect. For me, the only problem is just a couple of those things, as you said. That that sequence in the car is the worst scene in the entire series, I reckon. Jeez, <laughs> that's a big really. Call. See, I don't call. hate it that much. It I is wish. So yeah, I do boring. wish it was quicker. I do wish it was quicker. Yeah. I do yeah. love that kill though when that pipe gets lost through that cop's oh, yeah. face. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> that is. I will say. One of my favorite scenes in, in 2 is the scene where I don't know why they think this is the only VHS player on campus, but Dewey and Gale go to that uh, like theater, that massive theater to play yeah. this. You know, they get hot and heavy for a minute, but I do like this like whole, there's like a maze of soundproof walls. I don't know yeah. what this location is, but it's a real good scene with Dewey outside the window trying to knock and, and get her attention and his whole right. getting stabbed yeah. bit. That's pretty good. That yeah. works out I really, really like well. That. As you said, if you can get past the fact that someone set up a... I don't know, they must have been playing some sort of bloody laser tag game or something in the sound... In the sound <laughs> with the sound <laughs> Wasn't it, well, were we in DVDs by 98? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, we were probably watching them, but, you know, it took a while to get to the recording on some ah, yeah, things like true. that, so... Joel's still using the big, uh, the big video tapes in the camera. Yeah, look, that scene in itself is excellent. Dewey is honestly, Dewey is basically bloody Superman. <laughs> He's been stabbed about fifty <laughs> times. Like, obviously, they miss our vital organs every time they get after him. But yeah, he just shakes it off now. <laughs> I mean, he limps it off, I think, for the second, third one. And for the fourth one, he's back to being fine. He's but good. yes, he doesn't even have a limp in the fourth one, does he? He doesn't ever in part four. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, part three, he does at least have a limp because he'd been, he'd had a, like a, a nerve. They got a nerve. Mm. Yeah, get him in the nerve, yeah. yeah. So obviously number one is the original. Obviously. I, I, I have a, a very, I have very little to dislike about this. Like, I, there's yeah. not much that I don't like about it. I think it's got... 
It's got good kills. It's actually quite scary. As I said, the killer on the phone... Everything he says is quite menacing. There's a real kind of menace to it. Several of my favourite lines in the entire series are from this film where he kind of rings them up and sort of lays the... gets gets angry with them. I think the acting's fantastic. It's it's probably... I, I like Sid the most in this one. Uh, and yep. adding that whole thing at the start with Drew Barrymore, because you're assuming that Drew Barrymore is kind of your... You know, she's your most well-known person. And the fact that they kill her to start with in such a brutal mm-hmm. fashion, I just loved it. And it sort of sets the tone that really anyone can die. Uh, so, yeah. And, and the first one's got the luxury of having there was no pretenses. You didn't have characters that anyone knew, so you could kill anyone. You know, you could kill anyone you liked. So it really adds up to a just perfectly rounded slasher film. And as I said, as other than Halloween, it is probably the best slasher movie I've seen. That's that's my personal take. Yeah, the the opening. I think the opening eight or ten minutes. That opening scene with Drew Barrymore and the last forty minutes, right at the house from when they get to the party on, is yeah. genuinely like the best slasher we've we've gotten and may ever get. Like yeah. that opening scene is one of the best movies in horror history by far. Yeah. And I think that there is a novelty having Drew Barrymore as that character. But even without her, even if it is a nobody, that scene is still really powerful, really gets you going because it's just so well-written, well-directed, the score, all of it, it works. I'm curious what people, or I guess teenagers, think of this movie today because I still think it holds up on just a structural level, on, on every level, the way it's shot, from the way it's acted. But I wonder what a kid who has seen it all since might think of it now, especially because the technology maybe seems a little outdated. But for me, the most smart thing this movie does, the most clever it ever gets, is just something so simple as there's two killers. And it, it, it I don't know mm. if it had been done before. If it had, it wasn't as popular. And so just that simple twist, man, it really completely subverts your expectations. And so it leaves everyone open to sus- suspicion, even though some of them are hammering over your head. Yeah. And you're like, there's no way it can be that person. Because it's yeah. just, I remember first trying to really discover it or figure out the mystery. You know, it's one of my favorite movie-going experiences. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's something as simple as they they basically run you off Billy in the first Early. 40 minutes. They yeah. kind of yep. just sort of say, no, 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 it couldn't possibly be him, you know. Look, you know, I was I was in the police station. It couldn't possibly be me, you know, that whole sequence where, you know, I was being fingerprinted. I, I didn't do it. And yeah. so they run you off him. But then there's that whole bit that I always remember looking back on after watching it later. They were all sitting around the fountain at, at, at school. Yep. And they talking they're talking about the murder and everything of Casey Becker and then someone asks if Stu did it and he goes, No, I didn't do it and Billy looks at him and goes, Nobody said you did. And, <laughs> yeah, and they have like, that weird stare, yeah. You're yeah, like, Oh wow, yeah. how did and I Billy not gives see him this? kind of this look of like basically it's kinda of like a death stare and I was kinda yeah. like, you're looking back on it, you kinda of go, Yeah, you should kinda of see that but it's so subtle mm-hmm. that I didn't even think about it at the time. And, and as the movie goes on, it just pushes Billy out of the way. It sort of says, oh, well, Billy didn't do it. It must be someone else. And then they pull the dad out. Hmm. They start saying, nobody's heard from dad. And I'm thinking, fuck, yep. it's obviously dad. <laughs> Dad's involved. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember being in the cinema going, yeah, it's definitely that guy. <laughs> no, 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 not him. <laughs> oh, it must be dad then. Yeah, no, no, it's not him. Yeah, like, so it really turns everything over at the end. And I remember seeing the end and thinking, what? <laughs> like, how, did, how did we get to that? But it makes sense. Yeah. It's genuinely one of my favorite endings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's pretty pretty clear cut the, the best one in the series. Like as I said, there's there's not really anything in it that I don't think works. As you said, you, you go into the movie, and just by the the fact of having two killers, it twists every expectation we had. Like anyone that had seen one of these movies before was just even if you hadn't really seen a slasher, you're sitting down and your first thought is, okay, which one did it? And so, it, as you said, everything they did keeps everybody in in the in the frame. You don't know who. Like the, I was the same. The first time I watched it, I had no idea. I just had no idea who it was. I was picking. I was the same. I was bouncing around from person to person. So getting that reveal was just mind blowing. Yeah. And the way that they then act the scene after that, and what they're doing to each other, and the the motivation and everything, it was just it was all just awesome. Yeah, and then obviously when you get a bit older and you start to appreciate the subtext a little more about the, the commentary on the other movies, that stuff gets even better as well. The way they're talking to each other about movies not making psychos, movies just make psychos yeah. more creative, and yeah, I just love it. Even now, I can just go back and rewatch the whole thing and just be, just be. You never get that same feeling as the first time, but it's one of those few mov- movies that I can go back to, and even knowing every little bit and mm. piece of what's going to happen, I'm still I'm still hooked the whole way. Enjoy it, yeah, yeah. I also just love that um, all that stuff about where Randy's in the video store going, yeah, I've had to watch prom night. They're going to save some time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. everybody's a suspect. And what is his comment? Uh, if you were accused of a mass murder, would you be in the horror section? <laughs> yeah. In the horror section. All that shit's good because it's kind of, it's got comedic elements, but the scary stuff is actually genuinely scary, which is yeah. very, very difficult to do. You know, they managed to mix that black comedy with you know a, a thriller slasher whodunit really well, and mm. the characters of Stu and Randy, <laughs> I, I, I don't know whether to like laugh at them or slap the shit out of them. Like yeah. they're so equally annoying but entertaining at the same time, both of them. That yeah. I and you know we, we'll get into some of our favorite kills later, but Matthew Lillard and the TV, like some of that that last <laughs> bit there again at that house is just iconic in my the garage yeah. door goddamn thing again implausible, but it works. It still works. Yeah. Hey, what's his comment? Did you read the police? Yeah, I did. Oh, my parents are gonna be really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom yeah. and dad are gonna be so mad at me. Yeah, that was brilliant. He hits him on the head with the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I mean, dick. <laughs> dick. Yeah. <laughs> them stabbing each other though it's just yeah, yeah so brutal bananas. to watch and and the, they're insane just insane and I, I will say if I'm digging bank. for anything yeah if I'm digging for anything the few minor gripes I have with this movie are, you know ghost face in aisle three shopping at the grocery <laughs> store and yeah, yeah, wandering right. around the house in mid daylight and you know there's <laughs> a few right. things I, I always wonder the field. <laughs> I always wonder hovering around I also like the one when he's in the he's sort of in the bushes where Sydney and um, <laughs> and he kind of goes, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. What if the neighbours are out? What if yeah, what if some bloke's out mowing his lawn? They really skewered that great in uh, what a scary movie when he runs behind the tree when she's not looking or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just the Billy and Stu are just you can't compare anyone else to them. Even Stu was the like the sidekick. Yeah, he's just so quirky, and so as you said, you don't know whether to slap him or, or you know, you, you kind of love the performance he's given, but he's so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. But in saying that, we're still quoting those two lines. They're two of the funniest lines of the series. I also love the fact that they, a lot of that is almost played for laughs. 
that whole bit where they finally reveal themselves and they start to stab each other and that, and they get Sydney, and then she, he, he says it's the millennium, you know, motives are incidental. And then Stu, yep. uh, and, um, Billy just goes, your slut mother was fucking my father, you know, and, and he's obviously lost. He's the one who's lost the plot. He's got the motivation from somewhere else, and I yep. really liked that. It was kind of like... No, 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 motives are incidental, you know, they're just, they're doing it for whatever reason, and then he just cooks, he just whips this out, and it takes a turn of, it, it takes a sort of a, a scarier turn, because it's actually got a motivation based on his family, and so I really like that, because it then turns it away from the the comedic elements that they were they were using at, the to, at that point, so mm-hmm. these are the things that I think the film has in spades, that most other slashes of this period probably in general, don't have. The references, too, to movies, they're not there to be cute. They Some of them serve, like, plot points or at least progress the story. There's that whole bit where Billy finally does reveal himself and shoots Jamie Kennedy, yeah. and there's that whole, like, we all go a little mad sometimes. There's the whole bit at the end where it's actually scored to Halloween playing in the background that, like, gives mm. you some jump scares every so often. Like, they use these... It's The movie's almost unimpeachable because any any gripes or problems you can have with it are in direct relation to like the cliches and tropes that they're trying to satirize. So yeah, it's exactly. It's kind of hard to find any faults with it, honestly. Yeah, and you made mention of what what would the current generation think of this? You know, twenty odd years advanced. Yeah. We kind of had a similar conversation about Halloween um, when we first started the podcast, and we did Halloween. We actually asked that question of each other: well, What you know, if you put it on today in the cinema? what would they think of Halloween? Mm. And, yeah, there was a bit of laughter, wasn't there, at a, a yeah, screening, a in, screening Melbourne. in Melbourne. And the, the younger people there were apparently, uh, you know, laughing it up and um, laughing at how silly they thought some of the things were and some of the older people in the audience were a little bit... Pissed uh, off about Annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But Scream probably doesn't get that because some of the stuff is comedic. So yeah, it was sure. all right to sort of get those laughs if you'd needed it. I think the thing that would happen with it is... Because the, those 80 slashes aren't necessarily what they're seeing now, I think the thing that you would get when you go back, the kids would watch it and just say, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, what tropes? Isn't, these aren't tropes that I see as much. Mm. Whereas with us, we're watching the Elm Streets, the Friday the 13th, the Halloweens, all that stuff fit, you know? So I reckon that would be the difference. Their, their, their style of scary movie is not the same as what we were we were seeing at the time yeah um Mm. so coming in at that point we were just sort of the perfect window to get exactly what we got out of the movie i think Mm. definitely i think overall as a series yeah it it comes down to i think that wes craven and kevin williamson they set up a a great location like woodsboro itself feels like a night like a town lived in i think those characters feel realistic even if they do fall into your kind of typical slots of 90s teens but Unlike these other horror slasher franchises that we really love, you know, what what series has you know the same three characters return to each one that you care about, mm. you want them to continue to see their adventures? It's less about, I think, the kills. It's more about the characters and the twists and whatnot. And I think yeah. the first one's got, yeah, Cracker Jack opening and, a, and an amazing ending. Yeah. And Ghostface takes a takes a flogging at times he gets yeah you know, he falls over he gets hit with bloody vases and like yeah it happens throughout the series it's that's that that was another big point of difference that i'd kind of taken before but watching him again this time around 
it, it was all, yeah, it, it happened so often that I was like, yeah, that, that was another big point of difference that I didn't really notice as much the first first time. Yeah, it's not as yeah, easy getting, for him. Yeah, he's getting kicked in the balls all the time. And he's winded and beat <laughs> the shit out of him. That's the end of my killing career. So I'm kicking him in the mate. I'm going straight down, not getting back up. <laughs> I'm just taking my mask off again. I just fucking cuff off. <laughs> I'm at it. Uh, okay, well, look, obviously we've run through those four films. Now, you said beforehand, I believe you haven't seen the TV show. I have not seen any of the TV series. And I remember when I saw the commercials for it, I was super excited that they were actually going to make a screen TV series. Then I saw The Mask, and I completely... Like, The Mask, we, we didn't talk much about the ghost face mask, but God damn it, I yeah, won. Iconic. I wore that thing trick-or-treating like <laughs> six years in a row. Yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's just iconic, yeah. It's yeah. a great look, and when you, when you switch that up, I, I don't know, I took huge offense to it, but I did understand that they didn't they make a tv movie or something using that max fairly recently they made a, a what you'd call a third season uh, okay which was totally i guess separated from the first two seasons eg they didn't go with the same characters they didn't bring anyone back and they brought the killer they gave the killer the ghost face mask for that one gotcha okay okay the first one was look the first the, the first season started okay it actually started okay. It went down, you know, your typical sort of route, and you know, they, there was all secrets, secrets in the background, and you know, there's this killer who's sort of they believe has returned from the grave, and all this sort of stuff. And it yeah. was okay for the first couple of episodes. Yeah. But it just got like it, this was produced by MTV, mate. So you know, everyone was a fucking Calvin Klein model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just it just kept. It didn't take any chances either. There was one particular character that I, I think everyone liked, but there came a point where he possibly could have been killed and it would have been a really cool sort of twist on things. They didn't mm-hmm. do it, and the show just kind of got more and more kind of boring. It just it just kind of sort of went down the same road. Every single episode seemed a bit the same, and then I think by the end, the first the reveal of the killer was kind of like a little bit of a letdown. Second season was worse. And then it ended on like a Halloween, a Halloween um, special, special, which was kind of like I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I still know what you did last summer, and I was like, oh shit, I think we've, I think we're finished here. But I believe the third season has been the the most critically sort of reviled out of all of them. Oh so, no! I mean, it's got Paris Jackson okay. in it. Well, I saw that the little two minute, the, the little two minute Halloween thing they put out with her, the yeah. little trick or treat sort of teaser. I looked at that and I thought, yeah, that's all right, but yeah. obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> no, allegedly, I mean, I think the, the the third season only went for four episodes. It was basically over a couple of nights. Oh, they wow, did okay. It. Yeah, so, I mean, it hasn't even been seen here in Australia. Like, it hasn't even been... Nobody's talked about, oh, it'll be on Netflix or whatever. Hmm. It's just kind of disappeared. I think it. I think it just didn't quite, as you say, didn't cut the mustard, so it was. it's kind of been pushed to the side. Now, like the uh, the movies, is it a different killer every season? Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. much. Yep. Without yeah, without giving too much away, yeah, the first season sort of ends a little bit ambiguously, and then you sort of yeah, they they switch things up for the second season and my favorite worse. My <laughs> favorite part of it was in the Halloween special. This girl that they've been following the whole time, she's always like, oh, you know, 
I've been I've been burned so many times, you know. I don't trust anyone. Then some bloke just walks in and goes, "Yeah, he's a bit of, bit of all right, a bit good looking." She looks at him and goes, "Hey!" Tells her his fucking life story in about two seconds. I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, look, you didn't really listen there, did you?" Yeah. <laughs> Not your lesson there. Steer clear of the bloke. But yeah. yeah, it was pretty average, I would say. I'm not opposed to it to, the, to a show in general. I think no, maybe no. if it was on an FX or something like that, or Netflix were to take it up, it's fine. If you want to do a season where, yeah, killers different each each season, I think that could work. It's yeah. just I don't know how to satirize today's current movies because it seems like the tropes have changed. Horror's a little more elevated. I mean, we still get movies like fucking Countdown, which is an <laughs> app that kills you or some shit or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You're just giving me money. Explode the one. There we go. No. Oh, boy. But, yeah, I'm curious to see what Scream would look like in, uh, yeah, in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different. It's a bit hard to satirize things like Get Out. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty clever, exactly. you know. Um, yeah. Some I don't know. Do you go back quality. to scary movie? Do we get your your mate? Both get dicks in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Wayans is the little girl from Hereditary or some shit. We definitely go back to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I'm concerned. I, I don't know if you've seen that other uh, slasher movie series called Slasher that's on Netflix. I saw some part of the first season. Yep, yep. And Harper's Look, Island. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, those two actually probably handled that stuff a little better a little than better, Scream. Yeah. Uh, they probably had a little bit more time, too. I think they were longer, like they were about 10 episodes or 12 episodes, whereas yep. I think the Scream series is only like eight, maybe. Yeah. But uh, even then. Even, they but yeah, they've, got, the their, they've got their warts, too, those yeah. shows. Because like you spend so much time with some of those characters, and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah, like, if this was a slasher, you'd be gone in 20 minutes, but we've had <laughs> eight episodes with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you look at it like you'd be going a kill every hour, essentially. Yeah, Because, yeah, I mean, much. some of those are hours long. So yeah, one character off an episode or something like that. I mean, I, I hunger for the days of, like, Friday the 13th film where you killed 25 people in 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I those days were gold. Absolutely, yeah. Um, has anyone actually seen the documentary as well? Yeah. Yeah, there's two, I think. There's one, an A&E one, and there's another one. I don't know who did that. Still Screaming Still or screaming. something like I, that. I've, yeah. so I've seen Still Screaming. Are they, is it any good? Because I haven't seen it, but I know it's made by the same guys who made um, Crystal Lake Memories and yeah. Never Sleep Again. It's okay. Um, I saw it a little while ago, but it's it's definitely not up there with something like Never Sleep Again or Crystal Lake Memories. They're so yeah. They got so much more content, obviously, to cover, and they speak to so many more people. So you just you know you find you, you find so much material through that. Obviously, these ones only had had. I, I can't remember whether Still Screaming actually covered Scream 4 or not. I think it might have actually been made before then. It was before. Yeah, it was right when 4, I think, came out. Yeah, yeah. so we haven't actually had one that included that either. Yeah, so to 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 devote a fair portion of your runtime to Scream 3... Great. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. All bets are up. Like, if you're a fan of the series, it's one of those things where you kind of... you got to check it out. But, it, yeah, it, it doesn't stick with you like something like... For me, um, Never Sleep Again is the pinnacle. Yeah. And it's really hard to top something like that. But those films also, they came from that era where you did things under the radar. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Friday the 13th Mm -hmm. one is piss funny because every five seconds somebody's talking about how, oh, you were doing it, we were doing it away from the studio, we were fucking treating their actors like shit. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, look, Scream hasn't got that. 
luxury of telling those kind of stories and digging a bit deeper into that stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I kind of went, I kind of pulled away from it because I was kind of thinking it's just not going to be the same as these other ones that we'd, we'd seen, yeah. and I don't and really not, care for the depth of those yeah, ones. It's, it's still mm. worth checking out, just because, you know, Scream was Scream was such a big part of, you know, me getting into the horror movies and things like that. It was something that I had to had to check out, although I haven't heard of this other one that you mentioned, the A&E one, so... Yeah, that one sticks more to Scream itself and kind of what happened after that with the sequels. I'd be curious in a documentary that gets into what happened after Scream and how we got the late 90s, early 2000s boom of yeah. urban legends and Valentines yeah. and all of them. Distinct I think there's a few people I'd like to know where we got those films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the what a time to be films. alive. God, I loved it. We watched them the other day. Shit ass, but I was, I, was, I was loving it. I was loving being back on that. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, let's get to some favourites, okay? What, 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 what is our favourite kill? In the series, personally, got to be Drew Barrymore for me. I was gonna say you kind of can't top that one. It's yeah. almost yeah, just because it's so in depth. Like it goes for ages, but the whole scene is just crafted like expertly. The, the phone conversation, the killer's never really better in the series on the phone than in that scene. Yeah, the whole point of her being you know on the poster and then having the surprise of that happen, like. Yeah, hard to top for me. I think it's got to be that one. And I love that that whole scene, it starts with him ringing up, sort of saying, you know, being kind of nice, even though there's, a, there's just a hint of something's not right with this, this yeah. guy. But then when he says to her, um, I want to know who I'm looking at. Looking at, yeah. And she goes, what would you say? He's like, I wanted to know who I'm talking to. And then she hangs up, and as she's hanging up, he goes, don't you hang up on me. And then... He rings back and just starts cutting loose, you know, getting right into her. It it kind of builds that once again. It's kind of not comedic, but it's a little bit lighter to start with, and then suddenly it just ramps up this intimidation. He's really intimidating in that sequence. And then he cuts his yeah. the boyfriend's guts out, and you know, all that sort of stuff is really cool. Which I never see. You never see. It's just a close-up on his face, and then the next yeah. shot's a wide of his belly falling out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering, who the that? hell just slit that and sprinted away, or what yeah, happened there? You just want to hear the... Yeah. And then, yeah, that's it. They just Some hamburger meat falling out. Yeah. out. That's it. <laughs> and but yeah, I, they set up her character so well, and you grow to really like her in just this short amount of time. Again, it's, it helps that it's Drew Barrymore, so we have kind of that cultural affinity for her, but... It's just so well shot, and the fact that it's out in the middle of nowhere, the parents even arrive, and that whole bit where she's getting dragged off, holding yeah. the phone, they can hear it all happen, mm, and then he's got him supermen somehow string her up <laughs> like 50 <laughs> feet in the cool. air, like yeah, goddamn yeah. scarecrows played out. He'd yeah. run out, and he'd be going, ah, yeah. Yeah. Here he is, exactly. oh. is telling a scout's not. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love the shot where she reaches up and grabs his mask, and then as she pulls yep. it away, it's the knife, him, his yeah, hand. Really cool um, sort of quick segue for away from, you know, who it is. So and we haven't even mentioned the horror stuff, like going into the, the little quiz, you know, who's yeah. talking about to her about the scary movies as, mm. as genre fans. That was just, mm -hmm. that was tops. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and Wes Craven willing to laugh at himself in the franchise he created with Nightmare and everything. The rest of the <laughs> shit doesn't good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the first the one's good, rubbish. but the rest sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Including, I guess, New Nightmare, which came out the year before. <laughs> so he wasn't too keen on that one, I guess. What would you say would be the worst 
Or the least favourite kill. I mean, there's probably a few. I think I've, I think I've, I think I've my <laughs> Honestly, head. yeah, I was gonna say that may be the worst. Whoever smells the gas, because because it, it also they were just talking in this room. It's not that dark, and he has to run to a separate room to try to find a lighter to somehow see what this thing even says. And they're all in there minutes back. before. We're all leaving. Yeah. No, I need to know what happens. He says, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm you're a bloody idiot. <laughs> moving mate yeah that one's not good I actually must say although I do like the one where she gets caught in the dog door I oh mean, sure yeah from a purely <laughs> physical perspective A that's not happening B when you turn up to the party a bit late oh shit <laughs> 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 you a girl snapped in half funny yeah. oh, I'm doing the house you walk around the corner oh fuck what's happened here yeah I know that the house was out in the middle of nowhere and so yeah the whole idea would be that everyone was already there and, that, and half of them had already pissed off to go and see the Fonz hanging from, <laughs> hanging from the buddy <laughs> hanging from the football goalpost so nope. he's not expecting to see it what would you say maybe is your favorite kill of three? Because I tried challenging myself with this to think of uh, one good kill yeah. in three that's not just to stab and run away. They're all the yeah, same. And even the one the that's different is the guy who gets thrown off the roof there. But yeah. even his is similar to a, you know Sarah Michelle Gellar's in number two. Yeah. They're yeah. really terrible, aren't they? <laughs> there was really not a good one. Because Cotton Weary was... was a contender for my worst of the series. Like, it just had zero impact whatsoever. Um, yeah. I think maybe Jenny McCarthy was the best one, and only because I realised I wasn't going to have to spend another 60-odd minutes with Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> that was about I it. I do like, yeah, I do like the meta bit about her. She Like, she, why am I playing this character? She's 35, playing a 25-year-old. She only gets two scenes yeah. and is killed second. That's yeah. exactly the way that is in the script. And they also, but yeah. they have the one really cool shot where she goes into the costumes. And then one of the, obviously one of the masks, you can see it coming a mile off, but it still looks pretty sure. cool. One of the costumes kind of leans down and then you see the hands sort of slip out. And yeah. That was okay, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty pretty tough crop to choose. I, I think that in, in terms of the entire franchise, it is a tough crop because it wasn't going for, you know, Jason-style every five minutes you're going to use a different weapon um you're going to rip you know contort some bloke the size of a tennis ball or something like that <laughs> smash some ladies in a sleeping bag yeah, against some trees right. and stuff yeah the first one though oh, i think the, the most egregious kill is probably that cotton weary one in three just because it starts off with the guy coming into your house and blaring creed which pissed me off. <laughs> Who got into my house and who's playing this Creed record? Oh my god. I am leaving. That's it, I'm going. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll be saying to my missus, we are finished. How <laughs> dare you play this shit in here? You're right, though. Most of them are just stabbings. And when it's because the, um, the series, that's what it's built on. The least favourite kills. Are probably pretty easy because there is no it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street where you're going into a dream sequence and you can take some liberties with how it's done it's not like Jason yeah. it's actually very much like Halloween if, if you want to go with that yeah. because Halloween yep. has a similar style in that he just uses a knife in a lot of cases unless it's Rob Zombie and you're stomping faces <laughs> <laughs> or uh, sawing people's heads <laughs> off with pieces of glass and shit <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know if it's worst or best, but the Anthony Anderson (laughs) knife through the head bit. That's a stand up and cheer moment. I don't know. Yeah, that was not too bad. Though I will say, yeah, because four does have a little more gore, I think, than the other ones. That yeah. whole bit with that woman's like the girl Jill, no, no, J- Olivia, I think her name is, who's like disemboweled in her room or whatever. Yeah, the yeah, character's yeah. like holding her body up for everyone to see. Again, <laughs> just pretty brutal, anyway. Yeah. What about our favorite characters? Do we have a favorite character? Yeah, like for me, you can't really go past Sydney. The other ones sort of have their moments, but to varying degrees. Like I, Randy in part one, loved him. Part two, I was just sort of up and down. Like when he starts talking and delivering that dialogue in a British accent, I'm thinking, what's that all about? Like I could do without that. <laughs> he was perfect for Malibu's, Malibu's most wanted. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but even the even the ones when Sydney, like Sydney in in part three, when she takes down Roman by herself at the end, is kind of cool. Like she gets, mm-hmm. she just gets. She doesn't really, really have down moments like everyone else does because she's got to play it straight the whole way. Mm. She doesn't get the chance to say fuck Bruce Willis and all that good stuff. <laughs> she she, she kind of yeah, it's hard to go past her. I think yeah, yeah and she's a pretty good um, one. as far as yeah, calling the final girls. But you know, she'd be on par. She'd be right up there with yeah, your Laurie Strodes and these sorts of people because she has yeah. you know, been through the four films. She's always been a strong presence in those four films. Mm. I do like Randy. Even at his yeah, lowest, I, yeah. I actually kind of like him because he kind of feels like us, if you get my drift. Yeah. He's into the horror films. He knows all the rules. He knows all that stuff. Look, he's probably a bigger dickhead, although that's <laughs> possibly <laughs> debatable. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of a creep. He does ask the wo- the, gr- the guy who's dating Sydney if he might have a shot at sleeping with Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Then and later on in the movie, Stu tells him, yeah, I think Sydney and Billy are upstairs. He's like, I'm going to go check on them. <laughs> like, I don't know what Randy's <laughs> doing in his free time. But. So we assumed that the door was open and crack and he was going <laughs> to... Yeah, knock on it. <laughs> exactly, I don't know. Yeah, look, he is a bit of a creep. Yeah. I, I, I do like him. Yeah, he... he makes a comment in the second one about how he's still hanging around <laughs> holding the flame for Sydney. And I'm like, oh, man, that's... Yeah, that's, that's uh, real... That's probably the weakness in your character right there. Actually, in a way, he, it, it would have been kind of cool to have him as the killer in one of them. Because he yeah. kind of... You could play that off as he's, he's, he's warped by all these movies he's been watching. And he is also a bit of a creep. Oh, he's a bit... You know what? Charlie Charlie sort of whips that out towards the end when, you know, he says... He kills Kirby and he says, oh, four years and you notice me now. And it was super creepy. It yeah. was really yeah. weird. So yep. I think if that had happened with Randy, it might have yeah. it might have been a bit of a bit of a rough sort of ending to go with. In a way, too, I actually liked the fact that they killed Randy in two. It showed that they had a bit of balls. You kill you kill a key character. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it took you by surprise. Yeah, the rest of the series went totally away from that. You know, you could stab David Arquette 50 times. <laughs> he was still going to survive. He's still coming back, yeah. So, Dewdrop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love his guitar His guitar theme every time he comes on yeah, screen, too. Yeah. The bow, now, now, now. Yeah, look, I would, say it's a t- I would say it's definitely Sydney, but I didn't mind Randy. Like, I took Randy for what he was, and I enjoyed him. 
Um, well, except in three when he was on fucking videotape. Yeah. <laughs> you could take his videotape and shove it up his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, th- I think if um, if I'm going, if I'm removing Sydney from the equation, I think my favourite, I don't know why, but I think it's Gail, just because Gail. she's involved in something. I thought you were going to say Anthony Anderson. She's going to say, you've turned, you've yeah. got a 180 on the plate. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've turned right around <laughs> on him. But no, she gets a couple of funny moments. She's involved in some of the other cool moments, like, you know, She's getting belted by Sydney a couple of times. Her propensity to blow up and tell people to fuck off is always entertaining. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, Tatum was always the one that I really liked as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was yeah, yeah Gail's great in one, one and two. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Hayden Penetier, Kirby's the best part of four. Yep. I think she's at least a fun character. Maybe yeah. not all believable that she would be slumming up with these geeks or nerds <laughs> watching these goddamn movies. But, you know, it's wish fulfillment. I'll take it. Uh, and then, not that I like this character all that much, but I, watching it this time around, I feel really bad for fucking Jerry O'Connell, who's a really good boyfriend this whole time. Just a really sweet dude. And just because he's dating this woman gets shot on a cross. It's, yeah. it's like, what did this guy? ever do to anybody. Career high. Career high for Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Kangaroo Jack came out a few years true, after. True. Um, and, and carried on like an asshole in Piranha. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, in Joe's apartment. He's in Joe's apartment. Yeah, he's in Joe's apartment. Totally agree. He's actually really likable in that and role, that, and it's only yeah. a fairly brief role. Like, it's he's not in it a great deal. But what mm-hmm. he does is really good, and it is actually a bit sad to see him yeah. get shot. <laughs> and he plays that. Got all that down. He gets killed. Yeah. He plays that. I think I love you, saying like an absolute champion. I love it when he's stomping across the tables and you know, he starts collecting notes. At one point, someone puts a note in his fucking pants, and he starts yeah. swiveling the hips and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Stu and Mickey kind of fall in the same category where I do find them entertaining. Both yeah. of them are, are slightly slightly annoying at times, yeah. but they're, again, they're both going so far over the top, and I think I just like those actors that yeah, they're definitely. entertaining to yeah. watch anyway. And people would say Lillard is, I mean, I think Gibbo might have said that Matthew Lillard was a fucking boy in the house or something like that. <laughs> but I disagree. I actually find him kind of interesting because he's different. He's different to the others. Yeah. And so he sticks out as this kind of like, he seems to be part jock, part weirdo. <laughs> yeah. He seems like he's so desperate for anyone to like him. So that's why it's kind of a sad, tragic. That's why his whole motivation really was to just go along with this because yeah. Billy's his buddy and he wanted to impress him. Exactly. But I, I kind of liked his performance yeah, too. Yeah, I was a big fan. Man. And I do love his kill. Yeah, his kill, the TV on his head's pretty great. Yeah, it is. Now, the least favourite character for me is the bloke with the camera on his shoulder. Robbie, I think he's the Oh, my God. My God. That, that, is, that is the lowest jab of the entire series is him rambling on with his fucking camera on. Like, he just wanted to kick his ass. That's why I thought you would have, you know, you would have got a little bit of enjoyment in part four when he, when Gail says, you know, can we turn that off? And he's, no, no, everything's... And she just goes, turn that fucking thing yeah, off. Yeah, like, yeah. He was, he was uh, just... That's the kind of character that it came across as kind of, like, arrogant. It came across as kind of, like, look at how cool this is. That's, that's that yeah. part of the problems with three and four was, as films... And this character falls into that is we're cooler and smarter than we think we are. Yeah, we're actually not that smart. He'd, he'd walk straight out of bloody Halloween Resurrection. That's where he should have been. One of those guys in the house. <laughs> the yeah, Michael character. Myers is a killer shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
Yeah, I will say, well, Scream 4 is just filled with those characters who are assholes. Like, there's Alison Brie as her assistant, oh, who, again, is kind of yeah, fun to watch, but she's just laughs. an asshole. Just, yeah. Kind of like, I guess, like Parker Posey in the third one, yeah. who at least adds a little bit to the proceedings. I, I'll say one of my least favorite characters is Patrick Dempsey in the third one as Detective Kincaid. His whole bullshit was like, what's your favorite scary movie? My oh, life. Oh, my <laughs> that is just so bad. Hey, I'm McDreamy. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that was just. It's like they didn't know what to do with Dempsey. Again, he was yeah. he was strictly there as a red herring that may or may not have been involved in this, mm. and it just took away because it was another subplot that you had to include. Yeah. What's, what's happening in the investigation? Who gives a shit? Let's get back to <laughs> exactly. Let's hang out with him and his little Ben Stillery assistant yeah, guy. Like, get back to the, the Partner, set yeah. and, and go there. Don't worry about what the cops are doing. Because let's face it, the cops in these films are usually not doing anything. <laughs> so, yeah, he was also another difficult count. Yeah, Anthony Anderson, of, of course. There's a lot of picks from oh. three. Roman, Roman's got to be up there. I mean, the guy was barely even Roman. in the movie, and then when he comes out spewing all this stuff about his motivations and inserting himself in the, into the story of part part one, it was just an insult, basically. Yeah. So, hang on, can I just break this down? He, he set the ball in motion, correct? Yeah, so that's what I hate Stu. the most about it all. He yeah, they had, try to retcon the first one. Yeah. He's encouraging them along to do it, I guess. Showing footage of, of um, Maureen. More, yeah, uh, Billy's dad turning up at the hotel with Maureen, and he's like, I was the director. I sort of just showed them my film and set the pieces <laughs> in my film. Like, far out. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where did he even come? Where was he living at this time? I want to see the movie that's him, the four years of him just like watching this whole yeah. shit go down. The and... Bridges story. I need to know. I need yeah. to know how it all turned out. Not only that, but yeah, the whole Roman, time, oh, prior to that, the whole time, he's pissing and moaning about his movie. Like It's, it's like he doesn't even want to be on Stab. It's like someone was had him, he was under duress directing <laughs> Stab, but it was all part of his grand scheme. It's like, yeah, what? A lot has got to fall into place to make all of that sort of stuff happen yep. and it's as a audience member even idiots like us you're just sort of going yeah I can't I can't buy into it I can't buy into yeah. it at all and because he's actually only on screen for uh, probably about 20 minutes so this character has has been the puppet master. He's Jigsaw to the <laughs> yep. entire series yet he's only seen for a very very small period of time Correct. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deputy Judy in part four was pretty bad. Too, yeah. She was really annoying. Oh, that's right. nice For a couple of scenes. Mary and Shelton, yeah. yeah. Comes, back in the, comes back in the end to save the day. And, yeah, she was pretty rough. I would like to get... I would actually like to get a bit more info on ha- what kind of production problems four might have had. Because when now yeah. that we talk about some of the characters, I get this feeling that, you know, maybe... Things were in place in an earlier version of the script that were then excised, um, you know, because she has a couple of scenes that start, disappears for a long away. stretch, and then reappears. It's told in Lemon Squares mm-hmm. tastes like arsenic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she took that hard. <laughs> she took that critique hard and decided to leave for a large portion of the film. But she then reappears for no, really no apparent reason. And not so, only that, but she's set up early as like. Mm-hmm. An impediment to Sydney, like she looks at Sydney as a suspect early on, and then she finds Sydney in the house with the dead body of her auntie, 
you think she's going to try and take her in or something, that never eventuates. And so it just becomes this... Yeah, she becomes friendly with Gail. She doesn't doesn't impede Gail in any way. It's like, so what the fuck is she there for? Like, what is she doing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's certainly not one of my... One of my faves. <clears throat> All right. Neither is Jill. <laughs> Not a fan of Jill. <laughs> There's a lot of poor Again, characters I... in three and four. Yes. Yeah. It's probably got to yeah. be, yeah, the pick is in there somewhere. Yeah. Most <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Sure. Most definitely. All right. Well, let's finish up. What's your favorite line of dialogue? Probably the what's my favorite scary movie in my life. No. He gets you every time. <laughs> actors masterclass. <laughs> I'd love to see an inside the actor's studio or something where they play that scene and then just start, you know, just break it down for us. What are you thinking? He's, he says, I was thinking about the paycheck. <laughs> That's about it. My personal favourite, I've got two. I really like when he rings her up in the first film and he says, if you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother did. Do you want to die, mm-hmm. Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. You know, that sort of shit was really intimidating. Like, it had this menace to it. Mm. And then my other favourite is uh, Randy saying, uh, now, do you think now that Billy tried to mutilate her, <laughs> she might go out? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. And now I realise the man was a good... <laughs> 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 oh, so he just comes to me now. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's piss funny line, but yeah, look. Yeah. Immediately, you'd probably say it to listen, mate. <laughs> just, just cool off. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but yeah, Stu's whole bit with the phone there on the end is just, it's great. Yeah, Did you really so call good. the police? Because there's so much in that line. You can tell it's like he's still a teenager. He doesn't realize what the fuck he's just done. <laughs> yeah. And like the ramifications are like everything's settling in in his mind. Like, oh shit, I'm actually going to jail for all this. I don't know. That one, and, and you te- speak of intimidating lines. I do like the, what do you want? And he says, to see what your insides look like. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I think the same. It's like, For me, it's either got to be Stu's little little bit or it's um, the the Drew Barrymore scene, the, you know, In I want to know who yeah. I'm looking at. It's it's one of the lines out yeah. of that. I want to know what your insides look like. I think, yeah, the one for me, I just love the delivery of I want to know who I'm looking at, just so calm and yeah. collected. And then he and tries then, to kind of cover. I'm talking to, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also do like the one when he rings up and she thinks it's Randy. And he says, I'm not Randy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she says, where are you? Oh, who are you? And he goes, the question isn't who am I. The question is where am I? Yeah, that's another good And one. he says, I'm on the front porch. You know, that stuff is really cool. And that's why I think there's the first a- one is such a good movie is because that shit is actually scary. Mm. You know, yeah, there's a couple scary. of times I... I enjoy when Ghostface is mistaken for someone else, the whole bit there, and then I think in the fourth one, he's like, this isn't fucking Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ramps it up. Like, yeah, he gets real pissed off by then. He doesn't want to play, yeah, he doesn't want to play it cool. He wants to just get straight into it. Worst line. <laughs> Take your pick. I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's a contest. Take your pick down the stretch of the last two films, but, oh, fuck yeah, Bruce Willis. Obviously, my life. Fuck Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, gay if that helps you. Gay if that helps, yeah. <laughs> yep. A uh, couple of real gems oh, there. There's some real shit there. And in general, Ghostface is a poor imitation in terms of what he says on the phone in both three and four. Yeah. None oh, of it hits. Sure. None of it has any resonance. None of it holds any sort of tense, you know, sphincter muscle puckering. 
yeah, things. There's, there's one line specifically in four that you can tell they're trying to evoke the creepiness and the and like the violence of the first one, where he says something like, "I'm gonna slit your eyelids in half, and then so you yeah, so you can't so blink you when I stab you in the face." Right. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Yeah. What are you gonna do? That's getting too complex. <laughs> yeah, it's like you lost me like a couple of sentences ago. Yeah, like, you've gone from yeah, gutting you like a fish. That's that's, that's clean, simple to yeah. I'm gonna cut your eyelids off. Okay, all right, mate. Yeah. Um, I actually forgot one of my favourites. You're gonna howl me down, I'm sure, but I didn't really need to see Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, in screen yeah. for everybody goes, oh, holy hey, shit! Is that shit from TV. Bloody <laughs> fucking joke. <laughs> This takes place in the Askew universe because they are. It's Jay and Silent Bob. It's not even the actors. Oh, like them just, they're just those characters. Uh, I laughed a lot harder than I should have when he yells out Connie fucking Chung. I was just like, yep. And look, that worked. That was worth it. That kind of worked in three. So did the cameo from. Um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, yeah, she was. You know, that, oh, those kind of things right, actually yep. worked because once again they were kind of skewing the, the whole. Hollywood uh, and some of this stuff that they were sort of setting up. Yeah. So those bits I didn't mind. In fact, in, in some of the reviews I read, they were saying these were the best bits of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's, like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Like, if, I had to, if you had to hold me to rights to watch Prom Night, the remake of Prom Night, or Ooh. Scream 3, I will watch Scream 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me, too. me too. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't watch Prom Night in a fucking blue fit. No, I wouldn't even watch... What was Wes Craven's, I think, his last one? Or the one he did before Scream 4 was... Oh, my what, soul, my to soul to Take? To take. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. I'd watch Music of the Heart. <laughs> <laughs> my Soul to Take was trash. Like, that was, I was actually, bad. In, I was interested to see what it was going to be like because it was him having another stab at a, a new sort of killer. Yeah, in 3D, bring... no less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was in 3D. Oh, shit. It was. I saw it on DVD. So Needlessly on. in 3D, yeah. <laughs> but I remember watching it the first 10 minutes just going, <laughs> <laughs> he's lost, buddy. He's lost his faculties. <laughs> was he actually involved in this? I was sort of thinking, maybe he's just a producer or something, but he wrote and directed it. It's like, bloody hell, yeah. what was he on? Yep. All right. I think that's that's the entire franchise in a nutshell. Mm. I think we've done all right with that. Brandon, thank you very much, mate. We really appreciate you, your time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Hope we can do, uh, uh, do this again sometime. Yes, yes, we'd be definitely open to it. Um, maybe the Friday the 13th franchise. We can really, yeah. <laughs> we can really Ooh, rip that yeah. one apart. That's hours. <laughs> that is hours of work. That's, yeah, that's days of recording yeah. to the series. We need, we need 10 episodes to break that shit down. <laughs> That universe is just crawling with us. Oh, yeah. oh my oh, god! Not to mention we've got you know there'd, there'd be an hour dedicated to the hygiene problems in, in Crystal Lake. Oh, easy, gosh. easy. You um, can do a yeah, whole mate. episode on just that like redneck gross guy who's like licking the <laughs> mannequin in his <laughs> in his pot shed or whatever. <laughs> Talk about prequels. I need to know about where he was at. Yeah. <laughs> Brian and Jason being around. Yeah, I think, they, I think he's like the they, real villain of that. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they, they just managed to sneak Leatherface into the series as well. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's a Jedediah grown up or whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Mate, look, thanks again, Brandon. We really appreciate having you on here. Um, and... 
if you, if uh, we can do it in the future, we'd, we'd love to. And if you're available in the future, we'd definitely like to do something else. So thanks again, mate. We really appreciate it. Um, to everyone yeah, no else, problem. thank you for listening. And until next time, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.